welcome to Gender Nebulous episode 10 with me, Vicky Hodges, and the delightful, the lovely Miss Frida Wallace. Hi. Hi, Frida. How are you? I'm all right. Thank you. I've had, had, quite week. An event. I've had an eventful week, I think. I've had an eventful week. Go on then. What have you been up to? Well, I think I think one of the main, well, on Wednesday, I went out to, well, I was invited onto GB News. I got contacted by a producer because submitted some kind of press stuff because I, I, I think it's like I criticized them to say that they're always talking about trans people like every every day there'll be a trans topic but they've never platformed a trans person and I said if you're gonna if you're gonna start talking about these things at least include us in the conversation yeah so I got a phone call and from a lovely producer he said look we're going to do this piece about a, a story in the Daily Mail about the police and the idea of strip searching and the the premise was that um trans police officers should not be allowed to strip search female members of the public and i think you know when you look at it that way some people might think oh well that's that's logical you know but yeah. it's not logical for lots of reasons and the re one of the main reasons it's not logical is because there are no trans police officers in the area well, well, the, the person they had on was Lisa Townsend. Yeah, now she's the um, police commissioner for Surrey, I believe. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, I did a podcast <laughs> with. Um, well, she's Oscar also on that yeah. on talking about her as well in there. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah. Carry on. And this was on the Dan Wooten show, wasn't it? Yeah, and she's well. It's been well documented that she's spoken at LGB. Uh, alliance events yeah. and i know that she'd been in communication with harry miller of we are fair cops sarah fillimore and so she's not she does have a dog in the fight and her particular angle is to exclude trans women and but she's using the police in a really duplicitous way to do it because she's saying that i mean it's like it's like playing into the fear in the public imagination that trans women are going to be a threat to members of the public. And when you analyse that and you look at the problems the police have had in recent years, uh, we know with the Sarah Everard um, murder and and the, the Met Police and, and, and the, these reports, we, all, we knew it anyway. It was kind of obvious that the police are a misogynistic kind of... Even, even police women... People that work for the police have been reporting this for a long time. Yeah, we're going to go live so, any second, by the way. Right. So, <laughs> I went on to G. I went on to GB News because I wanted to put my point across, and I was invited. And I thought, first, I thought, why am I doing this? Why would I? Why would I want to be on Daily Mail TV? It's like the talk. It's like the audio book of the Daily Mail, basically. Yeah. But I was quite actually surprised by Dan Wooten because in the past I've thought of him as a bit of a cretin, you know, he's just somebody that will ride that kind of tabloid, you know, talking point thing. But he but he listened to me and I think I won him over because not only was I correcting what I was saying, but he kind of understood that what the what Lisa Townsend was saying was a was a nonsense because he 
he might be bigoted sometimes. He might have, he might, that might be his brand, you know, to be the kind of, a kind of American kind of news anchor kind well, it was, of person. It, it, when, it, when, it, when they were putting it out, they called it The Clash and it's like. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. Like you versus uh, Lisa Townsend. It was, yeah, it was it, you know, it was really like a real setup, really, I think. Well, they did tell me that when I spoke to the producer, he, he I think he was kind of preparing me and I, and when he when he said that i was like no i've i, I know what i want to say i'll tell you what i'm going to say and i know how i want to deliver it yeah. and he said fine <clears throat> and, and what and the italian thing about it is dan gave me the last word and he recognized he you made he, you made some great points i was watching it but what, well, actually, but what i was recording what, it for you while you were while you while you were on and we are going but, to do a podcast on the recording in the future what you what he recognized dan wooten was that what Lisa Townsend was saying was logical nonsense because if you're going to if if you're in charge if you're a police commissioner and your job is to look into misogyny yeah. and you know mis what do you call it misconduct within the police if you're going to start looking at trans women you're just looking the wrong way aren't you you yeah, deliberately once again, they're not talking about trans mm. men they're not talking yeah. about you know what the police do when they strip search trans people it was all around and also trans uh, woman being the police officer doing the strip so it was all focused on trans women as usual well exactly but it's and it, a wasn't a very balanced, it wasn't and very it... a balanced question in the first place in my opinion i mean yeah you, okay you can ask the question you can talk about that topic but there's a lot of detail that they just just kind of skipped over and ignored but yeah. also, it's this kind of idea. There's a sexual dimension to it because they use the word strip search. Now, yeah. in 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 a lot of people's imagination, when they say strip, they think it means stripping naked. Where strip search does not mean that. There are very well, there's different... actually there's actually well defined definitions of what what it means. You know, there's taking mm. off outer layers and shoes and socks is one level, and well, then taking off more is another level, and then a strip search is you well, know, I think it has to be done by a senior officer. And then if you need to do, you know, a, a search of, excuse my language, but internal cavities, then it has to be in a medical setting. So there's lots of rules around how it's done. You know, it's can not I, just Can like, I just stop you a minute? Uh, uh, it's your microphone. I can hear you, Vicky, but people are saying they can't hear you very well. They can't hear me. In... All right. Uh, Roger, Roger was saying he can't hear Vicky. So I'm just wondering if your microphone's all right. Yeah, it seems to be okay. Right. Well, we'll see what we get on. I can I can hear you, but I was going to say, um, yeah, the, the whole way that debate is framed is kind of because this idea. I, I've got a friend who is a police officer, and that's where I got my some of my information from for that piece at GB News, because I wasn't going to go in there blind. You know, I knew exactly what the questions were going to be, and I knew it was going to play out. And I was like, I'm not having it. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to sit by. And let Lisa Townsend have that floor. Yeah, and she was very clear, you know. So yeah, that was that. But another thing about it is, like, once I come off that, I got um, Sarah Fillmore from We Are Fur Cop, or Fur Cop, whatever they're called, and she's saying I should not be allowed to work for the ambulance service because. She has a gender critical belief. So if she met me, I would be discriminatory towards her. I mean, how do you know somebody's got a gender critical belief by looking at them? You know, you don't, <laughs> don't, you don't do you? But if I met Sarah Fillimore in real life, I'd be I'd be the one that I'd have to be protected from her. Yeah. Legally. 
because yeah. she she would be the one that could possibly get me into a lot of trouble. And that's the that's a simple fact of it. The fact that she's already identified me as somebody she adamantly dislikes because of in, something intrinsic about me, which I cannot change, that makes her the threat, not me. It's ridiculous. And 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 Sarah Fillimore actually has just been suspended on Twitter for making some stupid kind of song Christmas song against mermaids. So I don't know the details of it. Somebody's yet to tell me, but you know, I don't want to get into that to be honest. Anyway. I think, I think was... I'm just going to you, you keep talking. I think I need to make a little change on my audio capture here. So, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, I also what happened to me this weekend as I went on my works Christmas do, which was nice. You know, I like, I like, um, mingling and, but it's, it's strange for me because like a lot of the people I work with, some of the people there I've not seen for a while and they've not seen me transition. So I'm like waving at people going, ah, yeah. And they're like, who's that? And yeah. Is that <laughs> better, thought, by the way? Is my microphone working better now? I'll get, I'll, I'll get Roger. Can we get, some, can we get some live feedback? Can we get some feedback on Vicky's audio? Let me, uh, let me see. But anyway, yeah. So it's yeah. a bit strange when you, you know, you're because normally I just see people at work and we're all in the uniform and we're just getting on with work. And uh, but when you see people socially and they've had, had a few drinks, <laughs> it can be a bit different, you know. Yeah. But we, are, you know, I had a nice time, and people were most mostly nice to me. <laughs> people ask questions that they probably shouldn't ask. So where did you go? Was this was this this was last night, wasn't it? Yeah, I went to a nice place in a place called Checkerbent. Checkerbent. It's a strange place. It sounds like it's got okay. A we've got a, we've got a response. Yes, they can hear me now. <laughs> Sorry Fantastic. about that. It's been, it's, like, it's been a bit like trying to land a plane today with all this technology going on. I'm You've got too many screens. screens going on. I know, it's too much. I'm, I don't know. I'll just say thank you to Roger for pointing that out. Cause... Yes, thank <laughs> you, Roger. It was recording on the podcast thing, but it wasn't recording on the on the live YouTube. Right, as long as we've got... Anyway, it's, yeah. it's sorted. So what, what, was it, what was I saying? You're talking about your night out? Yeah. Well, I was driving, so I didn't drink. That's why I'm drinking. So you're drinking tonight, tonight to make up. Yeah. So what happened during the event? Because you, you got a bit annoyed about something. You want to talk about that? Well, the thing is, you know, people don't necessarily know how to talk to me. I mean, they know I'm trans. And I think sometimes they're a bit curious about it. So someone says to me, <laughs> how far are you along now with you? you know transition and so what the I basic mean, trying to say is have you had the surgery <laughs> that's the question yeah and i was like why i'm halfway through a sticky toffee pudding i don't want to talk about <laughs> my potential for surgery do you know what i mean so i i, I kind of get it i kind of like yeah. know maybe why they're asked because they might be concerned about I think me, whatever it is probably, when they ask that question it's probably coming from a good place but they just don't realize that it's a really inappropriate question but but when somebody says to you do you think you're going to get the, uh, you know, you're going to go the whole way and get the, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm like, are you asking me in front of 25 people? Am I going oh, to get a so vagina? Do you so know what I mean? Makes you wonder, would would that person have asked a cisgender woman the same question? I mean, obviously not the same question, but, you know, well, about no, surgery but, 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 in a private was... area on their body. No, you know, of course would, they no. wouldn't. They wouldn't, no. No, because, because, because I'm an anomaly. And, but it's not comfortable, is it? Because, you know, I, I'm usually quite sharp with people. So if somebody asked me something like that in any other setting, if it wasn't work, 
I'd have said something like, you know, you are, are you going to grow some balls? <laughs> I, I would say something like that. But in that setting, I said, no, don't, well, you know, I'm just getting, you know, what, I just want to eat me pudding. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, of a bit of an annoying question, really. Yeah. But you see, on that subject, it's kind of sensitive because, as we know, as trans women, that surgery, I mean... It's such a big deal. It is. It's a huge deal. And it's not something that is perfect. You know, see, one of the things I think about with that is I don't have to have anything done to my body to be who I am. No. You know what I mean? I I am who I am now. But there's so many barriers put in place to get to the point where you can have surgery. I mean, I, I have a friend who was about to have surgery and they, you know, they'd gone down there, they'd spoken to the you know, the pre pre-assessment thing that they do. And it was all stopped because one of the medical things that you're supposed to meet wasn't quite right. So all cancelled, mm. can't go any further. I, I don't always... mind I don't mind openly saying that I have not had surgery and you know I can't have it yet because I need to lose some weight. So that's you know it's another medical barrier. You know, you've gone through all this Well these doctors of... say that about everything, you know. Yeah, but, but you go thing... through all this kind of process through the GIC and, you know, all your paperwork and all these things. And you get down there for your first kind of appointment with them. Um, and they go through everything and everything's fine, except I need to lose weight. So it's mm. another it's another set of hurdles before you get to the final thing, you know. Yeah, but this is this is why I always talk about, you know, when, when I talk about what it is to be trans. There are like three layers, really, for me. There's the psychological side. Uh, and there's a physical side and there's a philosophical side and they, they and they're not discrete from each other now with the physical side the barrier isn't necessarily it's to do with technology for me because because it's such traumatic surgery and because it isn't perfected necessarily you can go there's a lot of things that could go wrong there yep. there's not enough research into it there's not enough money invested into it because it's because it's not you know it's not common possibly but it's like the the idea that people don't like there's this idea that some trans women don't do it because they're not properly trans like there's some sort of hierarchy of trans where you're, you're more of a trans woman if you've had the whole operation do you know what i mean i've heard it's yeah. like sort of it's like like you're some kind of kind of Project. It's, a personal, it's a personal choice. Nobody, nobody has I'm to. Not, have it. I'm not a project about myself. Do you know what I mean? I'm already a whole person. Mm -hmm. But I recognise that physically, um, my body is in incongruence with my psychological and philosophical being. But that doesn't mean that I, I beat myself. I don't hate my body necessarily. I know. See, this is the thing with dysphoria. I know some people have that dysphoria. But my dysphoria is not about necessarily the body. It's about being accepted socially. So, like, say if I was out somewhere and somebody was to call me Mr., that would be dysphoric to me, not because of physical yeah. things. It's to do with the social interaction. I was like, can you not see who I am? Do you know what I mean? Well, this can you is not... the thing. I mean, people intersect with you, interact with you, sorry, on a, on a social level, don't they? They're not exactly, you know, they're not interacting with your genitals. Well, not it's like what I said on Twitter is like, you know, gen, uh, sex is your hardware, gender is your software. 
and people don't interact with your hardware. It's like the program yeah. you are running is what you're communicating. Like when you go to when you go to the supermarket to do your shopping, <laughs> people are interacting with you as you as you present, aren't they? It's not yeah. to do with your. Sexy. I mean, I'm sure the lady at the checkout is like, you know, has this person got a penis? <laughs> Now, but if you know, the, you know, if the lady at the checkout was to ask me that question. I, I'm not quite sure what I'd do. Have but... you heard of this concept of gender euphoria? Yeah. Well, see what that is. It's like you know when I'm out with my mum sometimes, <laughs> and my mum, my mum meets a friend. My mum's eighty-two, by the way. My mum meets a friend when she's out with me, and when my mum says, "Hiya, this is my daughter," that is gender you. That is like golden. Yeah. It's absolutely golden to me because that's the same. My mum accepts me and she's happy to let, you know, she there's no there's no problem there with yeah. people and people just accept me. Now, pe gender criticals might say your mum is lying to your to her friend about who. But she's not because she knows that that's how people communicate. Yeah. It's like really when simple, I'm at, really, isn't it? When I'm at work. And somebody says to me, like I was I was at Manchester Children's Hospital recently. And one of the parents says to me, to one of the children, say thank you to the ambulance lady. That is um that's gender euphoria. That is like yeah. it's 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 wonderful to hear because it's like, oh gosh, you know. So and, you're being respected in the gender that you present as exactly. And and, and yeah, it's like everything. and it's 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 when somebody is saying to you, We are they don't they might not even recognize that I'm trans, but that is the that is part of it. Now, if I was to say to that person, by the way, um it, it probably wouldn't come up in conversation, but if I was to say to that parent, you know, I'm a trans woman, now if that was to change the mood, then I would know I had a problem, but I don't think it would. No. I don't think it would. Because when I interact with parents and children, they know, you know, they, they it's not the trans bit that's important. It's the fact that I care about the outcomes and the positive outcomes for their child. And that's why I, that's what I do. You know, that's my job. Yeah. And that Have was part of my. You... Sorry, go on. I was going to say that was part of my point when I spoke to Dan Wooten on GB yeah. News. Because no, we, the we will do. We're going to do a podcast on, on what you, the bit you did. And we'll we'll do a kind of, you know, a stop, stop, play, pause, and we'll have a little chat. Around. Yeah, I want to do like a reaction video to yeah, it because we'll do that. Um, but the the negative stuff that I got. Oh, on Twitter, I know the negative stuff on oh Twitter. Oh my god, I had to turn, I had to mute my Twitter for twenty four yeah, hours really, because it was just going on and on and on. Was, I was frightened, you know. Honestly, Vicky, there was I some. Ever... I know there was some pretty kind of well known gender crits having to go at you. I know, oh yeah, yeah, but but the the problem is the the well known gender crates bring along their little attack dog trolls. So yeah. when Mayor Forstarter <clears throat> retweeted that clip, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah, and I've I've saved every single one of those tweets because that is evidence to me that all the people that follow her are coming from a very negative place. Now, whenever one of those women says they're fighting for women's rights or doing well, things they are, why are they attacking you exactly and uh and it's completely duplicitous when they say that they care about women's rights or no but there was matters. there was some comments in that twitter feed which were pure hatred and just saying nasty things about you nothing well, even I... related to the the the, the news right 
Okay, trigger trigger warning. I'll tell you some of the things I got. I got caught. I said people said you need to get your hard drive checked. That was one. Um, and then when I when I ignored that, it was like you need to stay away from children. And I've got called um, I, I, just people saying, "Yes, you're a man. Why why are you pretending to be a woman?" And, yeah, and what like, do any of these things have to do with the question that was asked around exactly police officers so, and strip searches? Absolutely nothing. There's no connection. It's just so, and have a go are, at Frida because she's a trans woman. That's all they were doing. And that's it. And they're all coming from. They're all. They're all. They're all. Yeah. They're all guess who they're all following? They're all following the same bunch of people. Yeah. Guess who though? J.K. Rowling. Oh, the they're all lady. following. The J- every single known. one of these people is following J.K. Rowling. Now, if I was J.K. Rowling, I'd have a good look at myself. And, and I would make a, and see who follows you. And, why and I would make a tweet that said, look, I'm really sorry. I might, you know, if she, she had might, any she sense of self-awareness. One day. You never know. You never know. She might. It might be like, you know, that sort of moment of clarity yeah. moment. Don't hold because your breath. Because the same, the same people that come for me would come for her on any diff, any other day. Yeah. You also did another podcast this week with. Um, Esalt. Is it Esalt? Esalt. Eastall White. White. Well, yeah. yeah so that, that I, was I, the previous. We've, that has been put out as podcast um, number nine, Gender Nebulous mm-hmm. Nine, and it's got a lot of um, attention. There's been a lot of people watching that one, Frida. Well, the, well, the thing that came out of that was um, because I am trying to do a series where I talk to people who are gender critical, and yeah. I'm not doing it because I want to antagonise them, and it's not because I no, want to. That was har- a really good interview. Uh, we did spoke. But, we spoke about it a little bit last week, but. And she was she was nice, you know. She's, but um, you've got to be mindful of the fact that she is sharing and retweeting stuff. Yeah, that is, and she's continued know. to do that since the interview. Yeah. So so, but but it's not my it's not my job to police people's no. tweets. But I, I I she was very angry with me actually because I told her that I was actually reporting and was in a police investigation about Kelly J. Keene, which is something I am doing because it's it, it's not about, she thinks it's about shutting people's free, free speech down, right? It's not about that. It's about cataloging a series of events. So if the police don't know, they won't have a pattern forming. Whereas people report things, there will the police will see a pattern. Now I know this because there was a very famous case of hate crime in Manchester around a late uh, a girl called Sophie Lancaster. Now Sophie Lancaster wasn't trans, but she was beaten up and murdered because she looked different, and she was a, she was like a goth emo girl. But there was a pattern of abuse, but they never reported it. So it was all of a sudden, it seemed, this girl was murdered. But it was happening constantly. So the police in Manchester said, we're going to have a hate crime reporting unit. And they based it in Affleck's Palace in Manchester. So like these these emo kids, these goth kids, who were getting all this abuse on the bus when they were going clubbing or whatever, could say this is... And the police formed a pattern. And they knew where it was coming from. And because of that, they could... They managed to sort of reduce the hate crimes in the city. Mm. Now, that's what it's about. It's not getting somebody arrested necessarily. It's not about getting somebody um, reprimanded and told to shut up. You can say whatever you like, 
But when you see a pattern of abuse on the street, the police need to know about it because that might prevent a horrific, more important crime from happening. It's incremental. You know, murders of trans people or abuses of trans people don't just happen randomly. I mean, it's like it's it's like domestic violence. That's incremental. It gets worse and worse. As exactly. Time goes on. And this is the, this is the thing. Like this is the thing about that. Like people like Mia Forstarter and um, Helen Joyce, they they're they betraying feminism because what women will tell you is. It, they get into situations or they get locked into situations because of systemic misogyny and they get they tell themselves all the time oh i'll put up with it maybe it's okay maybe i'm wrong and before you know it some poor you know i don't even want to i mean i've experienced this myself where i, I through my job like domestic abuse it, it, it's you know I've, I've turned up to houses and i've pulled people out of that situation because i'm saying you don't need to be in this house and i've took people to the but the problem with that is it's so underfunded there's so little help that when you try and intervene you say well what am i going to do with this person you know i can't take them to a and e i can't take them to a refuge because they have to be booked in there's a waiting list it's awful and and yeah. blaming trans women is the least of the it should be the least of their fucking worries, to be honest. Sorry. No, I mean, you said in the interview that they're looking the wrong way. You had that conversation with Letha Townsend. You know, uh, you were saying to her, they're looking the wrong way. They're looking at trans women and these stupid issues they bring up. And meanwhile... But when I've listened to... The thing is, when I've listened to women talk to me on the street, I've, I spoke to people with um, drug and alcohol addictions, uh, homeless women... The homeless men as well. It's men as well. It's mainly men that are homeless. and But you do see women, but none of them have ever said, oh, there's a problem. You know, the, uh, the trans women are a problem. <laughs> you know, none of those women who are on the edge of society, who, who are prostitutes, who are, they don't, actually, trans women are their allies because there are trans women on the street for the same fucking reasons. Do you know, prostitution... <clears throat> Um, I, I, I've, I, there, there was a place in Manchester. I don't want to uh, name any places in Manchester just because, but it was like a brothel, and 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 there was prostitutes there, and some of them were trans. So that's where women and trans women intersect there because it's that desperation. They they're not doing it because they want to do it, and they're being abused while they're doing it. But nobody gives a fuck because they just like people like. You know, people that have any kind of control and power and police commissioners and people that make decisions don't want to look at that. Yeah. And that's the sad I mean, You summed it up perfectly in, when you had that conversation with GB News, when you were telling them they're looking the wrong way. And they, I think they were I think they were actually shocked by that. I think I saw the penny drop. I'm sure I did. When you well, met, when you I said saw that. the penny. If you look at Dan, if you watch that and look yeah. at Dan Wooten's face. Yeah, exactly. Because he, but I tell you what, something that did happen when I had done that interview, I got an email from the team that, and they said we really liked what you did, and I, I wasn't expecting that. But they're quite a young team of people. The people on the screen are not the people. No, the, not the same know, the, people in the background. No. Do you know the people that do the running around and do the booking? They're young people that are on media studies degrees. <laughs> yeah, so and they contacted me and said, um, you know, because. You know, yeah, well, unfortunately, more. the people that pay their wages 
are, you know, funded by lobby groups like the New Culture Forum and Tufton Street. Yeah. Are you going to do some more interviews, Anne, if you get the chance? Well, I've got one lined up. I'm the Sonia Poulton. Sonia okay. Poulton is somebody that is that does... that going to be uh, on GB News as well or something? No, no, no. It's, she does her own thing called Rise. But she's somebody that's very on the gender critical thing, and I was, and I've, I've looked at some of her tweets, and you know, she's very much in right. that um, stream of, you know, talking about women's prisons, talking about women's sports being invaded by trans women. So I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm quite happy to challenge her opinions as long as she's, you know, will, you know, if she's got something to say, I'll listen. So yeah, well, yeah, I look forward to the next one. Looks good. But I won't let her. I won't let her off if she's no. <laughs> so I've I've also had uh, my Christmas due this week. Oh oh yes. On um, Friday did afternoon. Any, did anybody to... ask you if you've got a vagina? No, they didn't. <laughs> my team knows better. <laughs> you work for yeah yeah well well you know you you're a very inclusive organisation. We are we are a very inclusive organisation. I'm kind of in in charge of it a little bit at my site. So I kind of, I, I, you know, I drum it home, let's say. I make sure people realise what's going on. Um, yeah, so we, we went to the, have you been to the Roxy, Manchester? Near, pick, near the, sorry, near the Roxy uh, Victoria route. Station. The ball, Do you know what? Place. It's something, it's not really something. I have been in there, but it's not oh, my, I, well, I see, I'm cool, you see. I'm a hipster, so yeah, I go to the, the Northern Quarter. Quarter. I go to the... Well, it's very uh, close to the Northern Quarter. I didn't really get to choose where we were going. So we went We went in there. We were playing 10-pin bowling. We were playing... Have you played shuffleboard before? Is that like... Um... It's like these little round metallic... Yeah, like, I know what I you guess mean. they're like the size of a biscuit. About that yeah. thick. And they're on a, they're on a like a wooden table, which is covered in microscopic sand and right. you, have to, you have to throw them down the table and there's, there's lines on the table where you have to try and make them stop it's good fun right so did you win i, win I a got prize. pretty close to winning <laughs> wasn't very good with the bowling though i almost came lost in the bowling but anyway it was good fun it was nice to get out with the with the team well that's good you know yeah i, I mean, had a couple of days off I this week as well, doing I... some r and r well I, I mean, it's not somebody. I have been there, but it's not somebody somewhere I'd normally go because, you know, I've got my own little team of queers that go around. Yeah. <laughs> Northern Quarter and Canal Street would be more fun, but you know, I couldn't really drag my team down to Canal Street. I don't think they would have uh, appreciated that. But maybe you see, time. with me, I haven't got a lot of patience for the kind of you know, heteronormative. <laughs> kind of guys that go out and works Christmas dues and walk around Dean's Gate with, you know, work shoes with no socks. You know, and I, I just can't be doing. There was a lot of that going on. Mm. It was very it, <laughs> Manchester was super busy. There was all kinds of people out doing Christmas dues. It was it was fun. But uh, yeah, I, I it, there's a lot of um, this, that's the problem with Manchester city centre at this time of year because you've got all your work Absolutely Christmas dues. There was people so that don't people go out there. ever suddenly want to have yeah, a good time. Out. Getting drunk, yeah. Anyway, so should we get on with our news topics this week? Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, like, so? Yeah, the first one. Can I introduce this? Because yes, go for it. Uh, <laughs> I listened to this on uh, Woman's Hour, but well, actually, it was on uh, the Today program first. Lady Susan Hussey was uh, well, she was forced to quit, wasn't she? Well, by the way, that's, she's a baroness as well. 
Oh, another Baroness. Well, there's another another Baroness getting herself in trouble. Well, what happened really? I don't know where they get all these Baronesses from. It's like there's like a factory of Baronesses down in London. Negozi Fellini. Is it Negozi Fellini? Yes. And uh, um, she was talking to this lady. We know the story if you've been following it, but she was talking to this lady and um, Lady Hussey said, Where are you from? Obviously, this is a black lady. And she said hackney i think yeah. <laughs> and then hussey's like well where are you really from then, yeah. trying you know to... and trying to trying to dig on a heritage being very racist and i'm racist. thinking right at first i thought when i first heard this story i thought is this been blown out of proportion but no I, it really hasn't because she was very i think she was abusive to this lady she was abusive and she wouldn't give up she was kept pressing the question yeah like, you know but where the, are you from the... or where you're really from What's interesting to me, oh, it's, though, it's is... terrible. How do, I don't understand how these people in those kind of positions, mm. you know, how can they be yeah, so they, out of touch? Like, but they, they invite these people to the royal household from charities. Well, she's the she's the godparent to... Um, what's his name? Prince Harry. No, the other one. It's William. <laughs> William, yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing well, that's interesting was. to well, me is imagine, is, imagine if the Queen, I mean... God bless her soul, R.I.P. and all that. But if somebody said to the Queen, where are you from? And they'd said, where are you really from? And she'd have to say, where are you people from? Germany. (laughs) Where where are you actually from? Oh, from Hamburg. But but where are you really from? Oh, from from the the richest, most landowning families of Europe. (laughs) Yeah. So so this idea of like, there's... When you when some like some when somebody asks somebody where they're from, if somebody asked me where I'm from, I'd say Farmworth. But it but it doesn't go any go any further than that because well, I'm the, white. You know, the the irony of this situation is that the the event that they were at was a it was a domestic abuse event. Yeah, you know, well, it's a, about a women. It's about yeah, yeah it's about because well, it's about women that are working for the betterment of society. Yeah, and and what is Lady Hussey doing, and who is she? Because these are the kind of baronesses that work their way into the House of Lords. I mean, you don't get much higher than than Susan Hussey. But it you know, just it lady just goes to, to the Queen. Show it. It goes to show, doesn't it? Just how endemic class is in our yeah culture absolutely. because. Like there were people, even people I thought were quite liberal, saying, "Oh well, the lady was eighty-three. You know, she my no, grandma. No Sorry, my grandma says racist things. My mum's yeah, eighty-six. You're... She doesn't say shit like that. Yeah, but my grandma. I tell you what, my dad used to say stuff all the time that was racist. It didn't make him right. You know, no. <laughs> he might have been nice other times, but if he was ever racist, I'd always pull him up on it. Do you know what I mean? Well, lady, lady hussy has. Has gone now, hasn't she? So, what a just, name, just though, a biz- Baroness. Oh, no. <laughs> it sounds like a porn name, doesn't it, Baroness? What <laughs> <laughs> she's a Baroness of? I think she's Baroness Hussey North... in a first anal scene. I think she's Bar- Baroness Hussey of North <laughs> North Bradley, wherever that is. Hello, North Bradley, by the way. You well, to be honest, of... I am more. I'm more royal. I am more landed than yeah, any of I'm... these people. Baroness Wallace. Yeah. Well, what's the Scottish version of a Baroness? I don't know. No. <laughs> Duchess. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I, tra- I I talk about this every podcast, don't I? You do. <laughs> so that was but, um, uh, that was quite an amusing one. 
if but, not um, annoying it's as well. not, I mean, I, I mean, we're making light of it, but the the pop the problem is that this is so endemic, and and you think it if you think it only happens in the royal household, you're very much mistaken. This goes right through to every well, layer it's, of it's government. That class that class seems to suffer from it a lot, don't we? Yeah, but this if you think of, if you think of it have. as a layer cake, like you've got the royal household here. You've got the House of Lords, then you've got the government, and it all filters down. But the problem is, like, you'll get. You it's know, a class system. It's absolutely. It's it's full of racism. But it wasn't but until you'll the sixties. I think you know, in the sixties, you know, the the royal the royal household was still, you know, not employing people. But what the media are doing now? Yeah. What you've noticed in the media now, they've, they've created a nice distraction because they've got this Harry and Meghan versus William and Kate thing going on. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going, going on. on there. I know, so William well, and Kate have gone over to the States. And is, is it because of this event that they're causing the problem with Harry? I don't really understand what's well, going on there. I, well, you know what happened with Meghan. I think Meghan, Meghan's yeah, well, very much... Treated- very racially, wasn't she as well? Yeah, and, and that, at the time, and I think the, it the, was this. I think it was this Baroness that was behind it. To be honest, next, possibly because, I mean, no, I don't think it was just her. To be honest, I think it's the whole fucking royal household. But, but you can see Megan, where it comes from. I mean, it's it's so obvious. But the the thing is, now we live in a social media world, and I think Harry and Meghan understand that more than anybody, especially Meghan, because it's yeah. not it's not like that. I've always thought of the royal family as a kind of nationalized reality TV show, which we all we all pay a bit of money into it, so we can have a bit of entertainment. But now it's they, it can become privatized because there's there's enough media scope out there for them to make enough money doing podcasts, doing book deals, doing tv appearances well on i say i say good luck to harry and megan you know that's exactly what they're doing well, yeah my heart is with harry and megan yeah, because megan is the only woman in the world that could potentially be uh, a queen probably wouldn't happen and president of the united states of america that is a potential thing and that's what fucking scares them to death yeah and uh no i, I really like. i really do respect those two yeah. Don't get me ranting. No. <laughs> yeah. But the thing Next. is the, the thing about this story, just just to recap, is yeah. it's it's just pure unadulterated racism. Racism. And, and, that, yep. and that lady, Falani, was right to speak up. She was. And it, and, there was and, other people there heard exactly what happened. And, so and, it's not but impressive. the attitude is like, oh no, don't be quiet. You know, we've got to keep the British lady the, white, the privileged white British ladies are not nasty. Well, Just one thing quiet. I can I can say, oh, it, you know, for the palaces, they acted really yeah, quickly. fucked. They acted not, not really you, fast. The <laughs> no, I'm but sorry, the, the palace sorry, acted really fast in response to it, which is, I guess they, I guess that's because they understand the gravity of it. They understand the mistake they've made when they, if they, if no if this hadn't gone to the media nobody'd be fucking talking yeah, I about what it. What happened if it hadn't hadn't broke? Yeah, it would have just been brushed under the rail. It happens all the time, but people don't talk about it. All that's happened this time is uh, Ngozi Fellini. Uh, is it Fellini? Sorry, Fellani uh, has managed to talk about it, and the media's been interested. I now, normally, the, the, she's a head of a charity called Sister Space. I think it's right. in London somewhere. But yeah. this charity, you know, 
they 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 benefit from being being invited to the royal household. But wouldn't you and, wouldn't uh, you think though that the royal household would would do a briefing to the people at the who are going to attend, you know, around who the people are that are coming? Isn't there some kind of briefing? Oh, this person's coming from this charity. This person's coming from this charity. And surely, yeah. surely those people in those positions should know not to do the shit that they I've, just did. Well, I've got a rec. I've how got a can they be so? How can they be so backward? It's I've like, got a recommend for basic. anybody listening who's interested in these kind of politics, and it's called Galdem. So if you follow Galdem on, they do a magazine, um, and they've got a really good Twitter, and they and they post this kind of you know, discourse a lot about yeah. the way black, uh, black black representation in the media and just stories, really, of just black good. women. And it's really good. So, yeah. Moving I'm on. Just... Should we go um, to the... Liberal I'll let Democrats. you introduce this, because I don't, I don't know. And I know this is about the Liberal Democrats, isn't it? So... Well, there's been, there's been a story where a lot of Liberal Democrats have been quitting the party after senior officials have revised a transphobia statement, mm. you know, which is holding gender critical views is, is protected by law. That's what they've added into their statement. Now, so, so, but isn't that already the case? Well, it's, I think, I think they've made this change based on what's happened, you know, in with a few cases recently, mm. but, you know that that that's fine but it's not really about what the law is it's more about the bullying and the harassment that goes along with it hmm. so okay yeah you can say what you like free speech all that nonsense but it's well it's freedom of thought isn't it so you know although they're saying you, you can hold gender critical views and that's legal you can't act well, upon them. You can't harass people. You can't bully people because of that view. Well, the thing, the way I understand it is you can hold any view. I mean, I yeah. could believe in Santa. Yeah, it could be anything, but you just can't act on it, you know, if it <laughs> includes bullying and harassment. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 for example, like if you were in a workplace... And there's a trans woman present. It doesn't. This doesn't mean that you can suddenly discriminate and exclude that person. Yeah, you can hold the you can hold the view and not agree with it, and no one's going to stop you from doing that. But you can't act upon it in a harassing or bullying way. It's always interesting the way that they frame these kind of it's things. Very interesting. Like it's like it's it's as if there's all there's one group of people that believe one thing, and one group of people that believe another, but most people it's like when i'm at work people know I, some people know i'm trans and they talk to me if somebody wanted to talk to me about my identity i'm quite happy to talk about that if it's coming from a, a good place mm. you know if somebody was to just come up to yeah, me and go me you're too. you're a man <laughs> that would render them an well, idiot that's harassment isn't it that's harassment. But it's not it's not even harassment it's just them making a show of themselves well, it's, that, it, it, well, I mean, it's, it's bullying. You were you were bullied on Twitter this week by all those people yeah. following that story. Yeah, but the the way it works in employment law is yeah, it's different. Like if I'm if I'm at work and somebody doesn't want to work with me because I'm trans, or somebody doesn't want to have a relationship, professional relationship with me, that is not my problem. That exactly. is a problem between them and, and my the employer, Correct. and that's how it works. So by them making that statement. 
it, it removes me that my employer will yeah. say, look, you're not going to work with that person because we protect you. And well, Barry, because the employer has an obligation to provide a safe environment for everybody to work in. You know Exactly. So it's not me saying it because a lot of gender criticals will say I'm forcing them to accept my womanhood. No, I'm not. I'm just I just want you to be I just want to I just want to do the job. And if you can't do the job because of me, that isn't my fucking problem. How is, it, how is it different? You know, if you're religion, whatever, and they don't like that religion, how, how is like it different I, to I, that? It's I no different, you, is it? I mean, I used to work with a uh, a nurse who was a Christian and. And she would say, try and give me sometimes gospel verses. And I'd say, look, I'm, I'm not religious. You know, I, I respect you, I, uh, whatever you want to believe, but I'm not religious. And so I'm not really interested. Now, she didn't continue to do that. So that's fine. But if she'd have then said, look, God is the way you need to stop what you're doing. You need to believe what I say. Then that is a problem. Yeah, exactly. that, that is exactly the same dynamic so and that it's is the, it's the action that they're taking based on their belief yeah. that's the problem so, it, so if somebody was to give me a leaflet that said jesus is the way and i said oh fine yeah i put it in my bag i forget about it that's the end of that but if they kept saying well, have you read that leaflet what do you think about it are you a satanist <laughs> then that's a problem <laughs> and that is how it works so the employer, I would say, look, I've this, I'm having this problem with this person. Um, they keep trying to make me believe something, or they're trying to tell, and and so it become it, it can become a disciplinary action. So, um, gender criticals will say that's what I'm doing because I'm trans. So I'm trying to convince them I'm not. I'm, I don't care if you think I'm a man or a woman or what. I'm there to do a job, exactly. and if you can't communicate me, you know, you look at. It's, it's another thing is it's to do with consensus. Like most people in my place of work will call me, you know, female pronouns, call me miss, um, you know, whatever it is that just the female. So if somebody was to say Mr. Randomly to me, that would be um, a bit weird. And if I said, can you not call, can you not do that? Cause I, I do identify as female. And then if they decided no, they're not going to do that because they don't they think I'm yeah, well, then a it's man. A problem. Then it's a problem. Then then it creates a problem, not for me, because I can just walk away. It creates a problem for the employer. And yeah, that's they the then have to deal with that individual and exactly because they they're breaking or something. Now now if you lived in a world where the majority of people believe that person, then then the law would support that person. But we don't live in that world, thank fuck. But that's the world that gender critical people want. That's what they, they want. They, that's what they think we live in. And that is why they weaponize these arguments, because they want the, the general public to think trans people are a threat because they want to force that view that being trans is, you know, not just not just uh, a whim. They think it's something that's not normal. They think it's something that's imagined. Not just that, but they want people to think it's a threat because the, the yeah. way they can win people over is by saying trans women are a problem. But but most of those people are like, well, Frida's not a problem. She's lovely. <laughs> I can I can vouch for Frida. She's lovely. Yeah. But I mean, if I was even if I was even if I was horrible, it wouldn't be because I'm trans, would it? Do you know? And I I, mean, I know a lot of horrible trans women. Well, you're not including me in that. <laughs> no names mentioned. 
But you know, it's it's not that's not the thing, is it? No. No. But um the the way that the way that they try and frame the argument is always um trans women are some they're of the level threat. for they're, they're, we're trying to, they're trying to infect your spaces and yeah. infiltrate your toilets and in, get into your sports and there'll be no women left in the future. <laughs> That's like... We're not doing any of that, by the way. It's... <laughs> yeah, but, so, but when, when... Wizard Lady's been in the news this week as well. Oh, not her again. The lady who shall not be named. Um, well, it's not really about Wizard Lady. It's about Helena Bonham Carter has come out defending the wizard lady you know re- over her kind of position on trans rights and trans people she's been saying that she believes the backlash against jkr is horrendous mm. saying that harry potter author has been hounded because of her comments on trans people now, it's well, very the similar is... to the it's very similar to the kind of the position that um we were talking about another author last week. Well, I can't remember his name. Uh, Stephen Fry. Oh, that was him. Yeah, but it's very similar to what that, he was. Well, yeah, obviously not it, as bad, but, but it's a similar kind of situation, isn't it? Where Stephen Fry was saying he's friends with her and he wants everybody to get along and be nice and play bridge together. Mm. But now she's, well, the you thing, know... The reason, the reason these things are connected is these yeah. people are from a very specific strata of society. You know, they, they, Helena Bonham Carter, I think she's like second cousin in line to the throne or something. But have so, you noticed that there's been a sudden kind of raft of people all coming out in support of JKR all of a sudden? No. They all seem no, to be, what? you know, there's something going on behind the scenes because there's been one after the other people coming out. Well, I in suspect, support of her. Um, I don't think it's that. Uh, what happens is now when journalists interview people, they have a checklist. And they can get controversial opinions out of people because what what journalists want is their article to trend. They want their article to be, you know, in the top so many shared because that improves their career. So one of the question, one of the questions they can ask a celebrity or somebody that's been involved in Harry Potter is, what do you think about the trans row? Because they know once the word trans appears algorithmically in Twitter, then the then the bloody shares go up and then the likes go up and before you know it you've got like fifteen thousand retweets but everybody seems to conveniently forget the fact that uh, the wizard lady was at that expensive lunch in london with pretty much every gender crit on the planet yeah remember that well so i mean how do you how do you explain that if you if you're not if you're not transphobic and you don't have gender critical views or you, you try to claim that and you try and make your friends say that in public for you. Um, how do you explain that lunch? Like, why were you with a bunch of gender crits having lunch? Well, exactly. Well, we know yeah. that we know that what JK Rowling is very successful at doing is getting other people to do her work. So she'll throw money at things and she'll I wonder if she realizes that she's being used for her money. No, but it but it's not just that, it's it. I, I I don't know what person I can't tell you what personally motivates J.K. Rowling. Nobody can say that, but what I can tell you is she does retweet and she does 
uh, boost the accounts of people who are gender critical, and that is obvious. Yes. So, because the the question is always, what has J.K. Rowling said that's transphobic? Can you point to me something yeah, that she's said? There it is. Tra- look. Well, there it is. You know, it's like what has it? What I'll tell you what. Ask the question. What has she said that is pro-trans? Absolutely nothing. No, thank you anything. So, so when it, when people try to call her out, and she used to say one of her first tweets actually on this subject was, "We would, I will stand with you. I don't hate trans people." Blah blah blah. But she's never supported anything, no, you know, she... in to do with trans. And when they when the Harry Potter cast, like Emma Watson and Daniel, is it Radcliffe? Whenever they speak out, she never comments on that because she knows that that what she knows exactly what they're criticizing. Now, to do the thing with Helen Bonham Carter, I've never liked her. I've never liked her as an actress, and I've never liked her as a, a, a personality because she comes from that. It's it's kind of the same reason I don't like P.J. Harvey because they come from a fox hunting class of people. I don't that's know why about, uh, Helena Carter. I know about these people. I, I honestly, I've, I, I've read about them. I know they come from that class of people, the um, upper middle class, you know, lower, low, landed gentry, and that's where they reside. And and they don't understand why there, there was a there was a quote by her once saying it. People don't understand what it's like being pretty and popular. And I remember Kathy Burke. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, do you know Kathy Burke, the actress? She was like, she can royally fuck off to, to Helen Bonham Carter because she recognizes that energy. She recognizes that British class system and, and, and uh, the upper echelons of it. And uh, Eleanor Bonham Carter definitely belongs to that. And she can fuck off as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, I think I you can that. quote me on that as well. I don't need to. You just said it yourself. I don't need to. Quote but but the, it's, it's just annoying to me because it is annoying. Ha, I'll tell you why, Alan. I'll tell you one other thing. Other reason Alan Bonham Carter annoys me is because she she almost ruined Fight Club. Have you seen Fight Club? I haven't watched Fight oh, well, Club. You can't. Yeah, yeah, it's a great film. But, you know, why she was in it, I'll never know. She probably paid for it. <laughs> So anyway, that's enough of uh, the wizard lady for one. But day. it's not it's not about class necessarily because there are people in that class group that are not bad people. I'm not saying because people in a certain class they're bad, but a certain privilege allows you to ignore systemic problems in society. So somebody like Tilda Swinton Swinson is the same kind of class but she's a completely different person because she recognizes something else about the world i don't know if you know who i'm talking about but she's one of those no she was uh an actress in um what's she in now she well she's 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 in a lot of art films and um that's how i know her but anyway that's a bit of a tangent So yeah, enough of uh, the wizard lady. Enough slagging off Alan and Bonham Carter. Yeah, I mean it's just another one of those stories where someone's come out in support of the wizard lady, and it's just like they're, they're all getting on the same bus. It's very odd. So can we talk about this? Um, so there was um, teenage. You want to talk about this this teenager moms. in Colorado? Yes, who's had to flee Texas. Yeah. 
So this was... I mean, to be honest, I'd flee Texas if I was in... Well, Texas, you know, has... I think it's had at least 50 bills targeting trans people in the past year or two. Yeah. One of the highest in the States, if not the highest. So there was a there was a story that caught my eye on NBC, and it was around um, a mum and her trans son hmm. who were having to leave Texas and move to Colorado because, you know, they were trying to escape the anti-trans laws that are being passed in Texas. So there's a there's a film that they've put out on NBC Out, and it's right. called Dear Noah. Um, the the people in it are Katie just, Katie Laird, I think it is. Just looking at it now. Noah, I, I've not watched it, but I intend to watch. It looks like a really interesting film. And you, what happened to Noah is he lost access to gender affirming healthcare in Texas, and that's the reason they're having to move to Colorado. So you know, it's a horrible situation that they find themselves in. Um, it's happening a lot in the US, all over, mainly in the southern states. But yeah, I mean, I would I would encourage people to watch that because it'll probably explain a lot of what's been going on recently well, in the states with these laws. What's been going on, really, is the you know the the American right, you know, the exclusionary Christian right have have found a cause in the trans issue. If you have you are you aware of Matt Walsh? Well, it's all based. Yeah, it's all based on far right religion, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's not just religious. I, I mean, it's I'm I'm a bit reticent about always saying religious people because it, I think I don't think they I think they use religion. I think they these people well, like the Matt people Walsh putting forward these laws. What is not, their mission? What is it all inside kind of, coming of from them? That background. I mean, it's like I want to know what what is it inside of these people that makes them want to pursue an agenda of the. Is it hate? Is it? But it's misguided. It's, it's misguided because they're always looking at it as I, we're protecting the children, yeah, but you're actually but, doing damage to the children. But it always turns. It's, it's turned out time and time again, and recently, that the people that say they're protecting children or trying to protect children who go on about that who turn out to be the abusers, and that's what worries me about people like Matt Walsh and people like Ben Shapiro and people um, like. DeSantis and the it's because they're so vocal about morality and they're so clinging to the idea of you know righteousness that they frighten me and like I I've never ever had to stand on a on a soapbox and moralize about who I am but the people that do that always tend to have a hole in their heart somewhere. Do you yeah. know, like this this horrible darkness about them. Like, you know, you know, when if you're somebody that has to constantly rhetoric about you know protecting children, that that should be a default position anyway. Why do you need to stand up and talk about it? It's like it. It's like this. It's like look. It's like staring into the abyss when you listen to these people, and what and and I have listened to these people because I want to know what what the the dynamic is there. So I'm listening to these people and I'm thinking this reminds me of something, and what it reminds me of is, you know, those awful kind of medicine men, kind of duplicitous preachers that would try and extort money out of people on a on a on a carnival stage. 
And that's exactly the carnival stage now is YouTube. The carnival stage is Twitter. And they're extorting money out of the weakest people. They're extorting money out of people that are, that are moral, you know, not morally weak, but they, they're frightened. People are generally frightened because all the time they're hearing about groomers, pedophiles, and and uh, people want to take up people want to medicalize you and the whole covid thing plays into that and and and, and on one on, on one level some of that is justified because when you hear about people like epstein and you know people in power that are corrupt it all plays into this idea that there's something out to get you but 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 the way these people have been able to play it is it's like look over there don't look but it's at the also government. it's also very politicized, isn't it? Because you know it's it's all kind of linked into MAGA, Trump. Oh yeah, but this is a reason because we're coming. Kind of we're, you're going to see this ramp up now. It's going to ramp up because the, the elections coming. The election cycle, mm. and in this country, don't don't expect this to go away anytime no, soon. Because because when those people start backing their horse, and that horse becomes too big to fail. And he's, you know, you've seen the governor of Florida is like a rising star in the, uh, whatever that party's called. These people are dangerous. They are. Um, um, and, and, and I, my, I mean, I mean, I, I keep, I kept saying, you know, last week somebody's going to get hurt, but they've already got hurt. Look at what happened during the uh, Black Lives Matter protests. And people were basically mown down by a right winger in a convertible car. But it's always it always comes back to right wing, Republicans, guns, gun laws, religion. It's all it always comes back to those things. Mm. And now they somehow they somehow managed to stitch this like we've got to protect the children. But I would never think in this against country, gender ideology. But I, mean, I always what about, think what about the trans kid who needs trans medical exactly care? like this one we're talking about. They've had to You're leave Texas about, you mean because it's dangerous to live there. The other reason they had to leave is because there's laws in Texas now that makes them, they would go after the parents mm. as child abusers really, for giving their child medical health care. But they've really gone for this trans kids thing because that's double whammy, isn't it? Fear it is. Because you can fear, you can you can get the groomer thing, you can get the government control you get it all thing, you can get the big farmer thing, yeah. you can get every talking point in there Absolutely. and say, this is what's happened to mermaids, you see, because while we've talked about Susie Green and some of the, you know, we were very careful, weren't we, to talk about mermaids because we know something went wrong there. But mermaids for six years have had a torrent and a relentless pummeling from the right and they're not the a LGBT. huge charity they're a small charity based in leeds they're the only charity and yeah and it's and, the only one and, that and, was and, doing and that work if there was if there was one reason why susie green took her eye off the ball it's because she had to deal with all this shit i mean now, i can't if, imagine the pressure that susie's been under it must be absolutely horrendous and every organization is gonna don't, have problems you, you know make mistakes every, they all do it you know, but it doesn't excuse. What, you know what went wrong has been addressed and is being addressed. Yeah, you know, but it doesn't excuse the mistake. But what I'm no, saying is, but they're gonna, if Susie Green, done. if Susie Green had been allowed to do her work, just get on with it. You know, no, no hassle from religious organisations and people like Kelly J Keen and all her attack dogs coming for her. If she'd have just been able to get on with that work, she might have been able to spot what was 
wrong, you know, finding somebody that had links to paedophilia, yeah. whatever it was, she might have been able to concentrate more, but, but she's been consumed and she's been eaten alive by these parasites that are coming from the gender critical side of things. And, you know, people like Caroline, Caroline Farrow, and she's very well funded, you know, by right wing well so, so while I would say, you know, I would never excuse negligence in any charity, part of that negligence, I think, has come about because she's, you know, the management of mermaids have had to deal with so much else than the work they should have been doing, which was just maybe having a little you know, get together for some parents of trans kids. Yeah, supporting kids. Uh, which you could probably count on their, one that's hand. Their core business. Just let just let them get on with it. You know, it's like goodness yeah. sake. It's not oh, like God. they're giving out drugs or anything, you know. I'm I'm getting angry now. I know it is. It makes See, me I'm... angry too. <laughs> so I mean it's just, it's uh, maddening and I don't want to make the whole podcast like a a rant. Yeah. Well but... there's a the, the US story, there's another US story which is better news. So this is the the mayor of uh Washington, D.C., um, Muriel Bowser is the lady's name. And they have... I think I missed this one. They have passed You're... a comprehensive law around trans and abortion sanctuary in right. that state. So, you know, it's human human rights... The, the law is Human Rights Sanctuary Amendment 2022, protection for bodily autonomy, abortion, contraception, sexual conduct... Um, intimate relationships and gender um, affirmation. So this is like mm. they've put this law in place and they've, they've kind of made their state into a sanctuary for people fleeing places like Texas. So there's there's four states that have done this now. D.C., quite a small state, but an important one. Um, Connecticut, Massachusetts, and California. So that's good news. Right. You know, this is well, like... It's as though all the trans people and everybody else who's a minority are having to leave the central Midwest southern states and, and go and live in these these states which have these more progressive laws. It's like there must well, be that, a mass yeah. migration going on in the US at the moment. It's a weird kind of it's a weird thing place. in the states, isn't it? How different states have different... Well, you know, it's they do have different laws in different states, yeah. But um, I think that if... But imagine, you know, having to, having to move. I mean, they've they've this family we were talking about have had to move into Colorado. <clears throat> I'm not mm. sure they have these um, laws, but yeah, you know, you got you got one family moving, and you get you've got these other places setting up these sanctuaries. Well, do you do you follow um, FLs? Sorry, FLs. You know, the activists who got Kiwi Farms shut down. And I was she's... doing. I haven't done recently. Well, she was talking about this recently, and it's like, you know, that they have managed, the right wing have managed to destroy trans healthcare in a lot of states by lobbying. Now, that is the model that LGBA are following. That is the model that sex matters are following. And that is the model that transgender trend are following. And what they want to do I think what they want to do is remove all the idea that a medical transition is possible. So if in the in the long game, if they wanted if if they could see it through, that is what the result of what they want. They, they don't want any medicalization of the idea of being trans. 
and it's happening in America in certain states. But you know, it depends. See, so so this next election cycle, that's why that's really scary because there are enough idiots out there, enough enough people that believe the Daily Mail, and enough it's idiots. Right, it's kind of right on the knife edge, isn't it? In the as to which well, way it can go. This is my motivation for talking on the news yeah. and doing that because if there's no trans voice, I don't I don't want to have to stay up till bloody 10 o'clock at night and talk to Dan Wooten. But if I have to, if I have to do it, I will. It's not because like I'm like I, I don't know. I sometimes question myself like why am I doing this? Why I mean, do it's I not an why, easy why, thing to do? Frida. Why am I putting myself in a line of fire? I'd find but, it difficult to go on there and do that. You did. I'm not any kind of hero. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, and, but the, the reason for doing it is because if there's no trans voice in that equation and there's nobody to point out to the public, yeah. like the, the way I see it, when I, when I went on that show, I mean, I'm no kind of lawyer or barrister or anything like that, but I'm, if I'm advocating, I think of the audience as the jury and the other person is, the defendant or i'm the defendant whatever it is but i've got to win the audience over because they're the people that will vote at the end of the day i mean gb news audience is probably quite a difficult exactly and and it's an and it's an echo chamber that i want to break absolutely well i but the 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 problem is like when i come off something like that and and when we talk about these things we i'm going to get called a groomer and i'm going to get called a sex predator and i'm going to get called a pervert and i'm going people are going to go through my twitter and find pictures of me when i was at a club when when i was half baked (laughs) and use it as evidence against me and it's like you know anyway i know i mean you're brave going on really i'm not brave i just i I mean you're on national tv well no it's a shit channel but you're on national tv hmm. well i I don't know how many people watch it (laughs) My mum watched it. Well, I told my mum. Yeah, but I watched I, it I, I, I was recording was, it. You made me watch it. Do you know what she you said? That? You made me watch that shit. I was like, Do you know what, my mum? I'll tell you, this is my mum, right? You know what me. she said? She goes, <laughs> what are you on about? <laughs> <laughs> I had to explain it to her. I said, mum, it's, uh, you know, yes. I'm a very, I'm an oppressed minority. Yeah. Please give me some money. Give me some help. <laughs> Another good news story, um, the uh, northern, I think it's in Ireland. Um, Ireland. Yeah, period products have been introduced oh, yeah, to yeah. men's toilets in the Parliament buildings of Ireland. Yeah, there was a there was a campaign called In With The Bins. In With The Bins, it's very similar to that, yeah. Mm. The In With The Bins campaign mm. was to introduce um, sanitary products and sanitary bins into all men's toilets. <clears throat> so that non-binary and trans men using those facilities have everything they need within them. It's a brilliant idea. Well done, well, well, well done, these well, people for for doing this. So yeah, but but the thing is, this this to me it means like the toilet thing. The, I mean, oh, you should be able to, however you identify whichever toilet you use, you should be able to go in and get those products. But why? Why are those products in toilets anyway? I well, mean, I understand toilets. I understand for, for women. Why dispensed but, in toilets? But, aren't they? but surely a man could buy that product for a, a woman if she needed to. Or it's yeah. not. It's not like she, it's just. Well, I mean, they're conveniently placed in toilets 
because but, but one, it's like you can see make the some con- money off selling them. And yeah, two, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a marketing them. opportunity, but you see condom machines in the men's and tampon machines in the women's. I'm like, mm. surely some woman might want to buy a condom. Does she have to well, go yeah. in the men's? Because she's gonna, she's copped up with some guy who doesn't and have a any trans rubbers. man or a non-binary person would want to buy tampons. Exactly. Anyway, but if you're so if you you're in Manchester, available in all toilets and everything will be fine. But you see, what should be the case is all this stuff should be free. Well, you that's another to... story altogether. Yeah. Yeah, be. but it's like in some Manchester. Some places do now. Some places you can go into, and there are free products available. No, but what what I'm saying is like when I've been out in Manchester and I've been in gender neutral toilets, you'll see a little basket yeah. and it'll have some sanitary products in it. It'll yeah. have some condoms in it. It'll have some lube in it. It's not, you know, it's not unusual now, and it's not expensive either because the if you if club you, has that doesn't doesn't it? Yeah, if you're caught short somewhere as a lady, and and you 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 know you need a bit you know. The, the product there it's there well, for you don't yeah. have to put any money in a machine i think one of the one of the things that people were worried about is that men would react badly to seeing this in their toilets but then mm. if you think about the sanitary bins sanitary mm. bins can be used for all kinds of reasons it's not just oh well someone who's on a period you know someone has a cholesterol bag or something or some other medical well, they, reason why they need a sanitary bin that's you know, exactly what i was going to say because or something. Um, they can put it in the sanitary waste there's, there's many reasons why you might might well, want to use a sanitary uh, bin, but the, the bins are just not available in men's toilets. Well, I had I had a situation with um at work with a patient, and um she obviously she's a lady, and she said, "Look, I need some, I need to go to the toilet because." And I said, "What's the matter?" And I said, "I didn't want to press her on what was the matter, but she told me I've come on my period, and I say that's fine, you know what I mean? It's like I'm not, it's none of my fucking business, but but." The problem was she didn't have any fucking money for the machine. Yeah, it should be so. Fun. So, why, why, why are we doing that to people? Just make these things free uh, in public spaces, and also, like something happened to me recently. I mean, um, that, the, to to manufacture these things is really cheap. You know, it's they might. But sell you can them still, to, but but the cost of manufacturing thing, is dirt cheap. As the, as the condom industry collapsed because of. Because everywhere you go in gay in the gay areas and big cities, you'll see free condoms, and you'll see free lube. And it has what the way that they do it. They advertise things on the packaging, and mm-hmm. they're very creative with it. And it's and it, and it, it hasn't affected the sales of other things because of it. So, but it all comes down to this tax laws and things like that. I don't know, but it's I don't know. Yeah, I just I think mean, and it, whoever was behind that initiative in ireland well done was, yeah exactly and also it. you need bins for other things like because yeah. clinical waste it's not just that you know it's it anything literally anything it's like i've i had a problem recently because i've got a prince albert piercing and i got it trapped in my zipper i pulled it up and i started bleeding ouch so you know <laughs> if anybody wants to know what a prince albert piercing is google yeah, google it <laughs> <laughs> But I've got to sit down to wee. But sometimes I'll stand up because it's it's easier if I'm it's outdoors. Your choice. It's your choice, Frida. Pro, I'm pro-choice. Pro-choice. So another another piece of good news. Uh, did you see the University Challenge? I did. There was a, a team on there um, from Miss- Robert Gordon University. I think it's a Scottish university. And the... 
Emily team was um trans trans girl woman I think girl I think um Emily Cullen I don't like using trans girl well she's young unless so, she's under 16 young lady, young lady for university so trans lady <laughs> no she's a trans woman let's just say it she's a trans woman know. okay a <laughs> team won they won 210 to 90 and I think they were playing the um University of Roehampton. So, great story. They won. But guess what happened? Go on, let me guess. Go on, have a guess. Let I'll me read guess. Out some... the, I'll, I've got it on my screen here. I'll read it out. There. Some Berks on challenge contestant who led her team to victory has been celebrated as brilliant by viewers, despite the predictable fury of a handful of transphobic trolls. So she's been heavily trolled, um, you know, just well, for I, being trans and winning can I, University Challenge. What the can hell I read one about? of the tweets? Go for it. Can, can I read one of the tweets? Because I'm going to... Yeah. I went, sick of trying to follow and tag quiz shows with all these ugly, miserable emifers. Motherfuckers. <laughs> spraying their hateful shit all over it when anybody is straight, gender-conforming for a person. Jesus, fuck. Keep your misery to yourselves. <laughs> You self-loathing pieces of shit. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> that should be framed. That's a brilliant tweet. Yeah, I'm just that, saying. That is actually the best but, analysis. You know, we, we can't do any better than uh, why Alan, would, why would Alan Downey. Attack, why would you attack somebody I'm retweeting that right challenge now. who's won just because they're trans? What, what the hell are you thinking? Not you, Frida, but the idiots who... Do the attack, they do the attacking here. It's just it's just ridiculous. It's just a game. It's a game show. Grow up. Well, you know, I mean, these stories come into the news because, like I said, they're algorithmically um reactive. So anything to do with trans, no matter what the story, kind of and I understand pink news, you know, pink news gets a lot of criticize criticism for being a bit uh, clickbait. But it wasn't just on pink news, it was on all kinds of news channels. Yeah. I guess they yeah, picked it's it up good, off. Oh, I mean, I like I, I like I like it when something winds up arseholes. Like with something that winds just, up, just the presence, anything that I, anything just that the exposes presence of a trans them. person on University Challenge who wound up people transphobes on Twitter to abuse abuser. I mean, it's I don't even know what to say. Well, it's like that's it. That's the case with everything, though. It's like you only have to say you support trans people if you're a celebrity or you've got any kind of clout. As a, in a as an account, all you have to do is say trans people are quite nice, actually, and loads of people will just pile on yeah. and say you're 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 allowing women in, you're allowing men into women's spaces, and there's going to be mass rapes, and the world's going to turn to shit because no. Anyway, shout out <laughs> to Emily. Well done. Keep up the good work. Keep up the good work. I'm going out yeah. of focus. What's going on? Oh, there we go. Oh, I got a new HD webcam. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. I thought so you were looking a bit see, sharper can, tonight. Yeah, you can see how ugly I am in HD. <laughs> I have to say, when I first saw your outfit, I thought we were going to do a, a Jack and Ori uh, episode tonight. It's Blue Peter. Watch with, with Mother. Free, Blue Peter with Frieda and Vicky. <laughs> uh, this is my Doctor Who outfit. Doctor Who outfit, yeah, with your dungarees, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got, um, <laughs> got my pyjama bottoms on. 
Anyway, we've digressed. We have. Another good news story, and this time it's good news with the World Cup. I know we've mentioned this many times. Have we won? I don't know. I'm not following the actual it's game. On, oh, but... it's, on, it's on in half an hour. Come on, hurry up. <laughs> oh, I saw this. This guy. World Cup pitch invader. Yeah. He's getting kicked out of Qatar for doing it, but good good for him. Uh, Mario, I think it's Ferry, um, ran on, well, did a bit of a pitch invasion during a game between Portugal and Uruguay. Uruguay. Um, he ran on with the pride flag and was tattled to the ground. <laughs> and he was also wearing a Superman shirt, a Superman T-shirt, C- shirt, whatever you want to call it. Uh Save Ukraine on one side, and I think on the other side it was supporting Iranian women. So that's brilliant. You know what? I I, I think I think I said this before, but this World Cup, if it's been anything, it's been celebratory. Of... Yeah, it's there's been a certain a lot of stories coming out which are like this one, which kind of you know at least get the topic spoken about. I mean, even David Baddiel is you <clears> know kind of redeemed himself <laughs> i mean there was another article about qatar and a trans trans woman but it was such a horrible story i, I didn't even want to bring it up <clears throat> i've actually I, I tweeted about it but just the way trans people are treated over there awful yes i i don't there was know this you... this trans woman i'm talking about had to cut her hair and she had to have breast tissue surgically removed because she's right. trans no, that's how they treat. That's how, that's actually how they treat trans people in Qatar. So yeah. anybody who's thinking it's a bit of a joke, it's serious and it's oh yeah, it's no, pretty. It's, uh, see, I, it's like with these countries where human rights are not like we're quite. I think we're kind of in a sense of sometimes false sense of security sometimes. But it's very easy to go. People think people think, oh yeah, that's over there, that's happening over there, that's not going to happen here. But these things are incremental, mm. and it only has to take a few steps to pe- for, for something to become permissible. But the the thing but the is, the thing that... with this World Cup thing, everybody's trying to sweep all this stuff under the carpet. Say, oh, don't look at this. Look at the football. Watch the football. Don't worry about the the human rights. The mm. football is more important. But you know, fuck FIFA. Fuck FIFA. Fuck FIFA. I'm all, you know, I hate FIFA. I mean, oh. I like football, but I don't agree with, you know, I, I want, I want, you know, when people talk about the great reset and all that, I think football needs to be reset. I think we need to just get rid of I think we need these... to get rid of FIFA. We need a new organisation. One that's actually, you know, based on proper principles. I, I like football. The thing I I watch football because my nephew likes football. I would wa- I would be watching this World Cup now mm. if it wasn't in Qatar and all this nonsense wasn't going on. I quite enjoy watching the World Cup games. Mm. It's, they're quite exciting. But I'm no see, big sports person, but I do enjoy a World Cup, and I can't I, watch this one because I, I'm just so against what's going on. But but you see, like my nephew loves football, and it's one of the few things that he'll talk to me about like mm. where where he's really enthusiastic and I, and I like it when people are enthusiastic about things I'm not bothered mm. what subject it is if somebody knows something inside and I mean, out it was, it was great I'm into that women win wasn't it that was good that was yeah. an enjoyable yeah. event the UEFA thing 
but I did the politics of it. It's just, it's like anything really, isn't it? When you look, it's like we all like KFC now and again, but when you look into the pot, when you look into factory farming, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to think about that when we're enjoying a few fucking boneless buckets. You know what I mean? But that's the way it is with everything. It's like when you look at porn, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a systemic abuse going on there somewhere. When you, when you buy something off Amazon, you know, there's something fucking horrible going on somewhere. Yeah. It's like, but there's, there's no exemption from that. So you, you either go and live in a fucking hurt, like a hermit in the outer Hebrides with no internet connection. <laughs> or you, or you just, it's like, it's like one thing or the other. How would you, we do the but, podcast if I moved to the outer, outer Hebrides? I don't know, but I'm not saying don't care about things. Well, <laughs> the point is that what when you analyze things, that you can kick the joy out of anything, but the actual thing itself is not the problem. Like, you know, if 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 the game of football itself was just the game of football, it's like a beautiful thing. But when when you get money and politics and advertisers and Gary Lineker, and... Yeah. <laughs> it just becomes this horrible thing. Yeah, I'm not. Been... I'm not saying Gary Lineker's horrible, by the way. I'm just saying he's part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, but he was Beckham taking his 150 million for being the face of the games. He should have known better. Mm -hmm. Spend it like Beckham. Spend it like Beckham. Yeah. <laughs> and our our final um, topic on the list today was the. Uh, the High Court case that's been brought by Eva Echo against... Oh, I love Eva. Yeah, I do. Against the NHS over life-threatening wait times for trans healthcare. So this is like GICs, you yeah. know, people having to wait five, six, seven years now for, you know, getting to see the GIC. Mm. Yeah. So this is, this is a, a judicial review that's being brought against the NHS by Gender Intelligence, Good Law Project, Eva Echo is one of four um, trans people involved in the case as well, I think. I don't know who the other three are, but I know Eva. I've met Eva a couple of times. She's great. I have met her, yeah. She does some amazing work. She won an award at the Trans in the City event that was a couple of weeks ago. She's amazing, and she has some yes. amazing tattoos. She does. And the, the thing she about does have this some amazing story, tattoos, yeah. Like when you talk to, if you've ever been any arguments with people on Twitter about, you know, I always mention Twitter because it's always on Twitter. But so I think what this I... case was is that the, the, the it's going it's going ahead. There's going to be a judicial review, but it's not going to be until later next year. So this was mm. this was the case to determine whether they can have one or not. And yes, they can. And it's going to be next year. Yeah, so but good. I mean, that's really good. Well done, Eva. Mm. But do, isn't it interesting though that everything that the gender criticals and the turfs say, like um, you know about we don't have healthcare, you know, like I waited nearly two years just to get seen by a, a psychiatrist. Yeah. And it's not easy, you know, so imagine what it's like for somebody who's under 17 or so it's non-existent well, basically. I mean, Frida, you and I are very privileged because we've both been able to get onto the Indigo thing in Manchester. And yeah, that Indigo. has really, that has accelerated our, hmm. our times. I mean, there's a lot of people who, and not don't mm. live in areas where they even have these pilot schemes. Mm. You know, they're waiting five, six, seven years for a first appointment. Mm. I mean, when I first came yeah. out, so when yeah, I there's a massive to... discrepancy around the country. Mm. Even even in Manchester, where you do have Indigo, people who are getting mm. on to Indigo have still had to wait a couple of years 
at the GIC where they originally registered before they were moved on to the indigo list so the, you know even with that there's there's still mm. massive queues what i will say though is like when i first went to my gp my gp was absolutely fantastic and she understood the problem she understood what i was trying to tell her but she couldn't do anything she want she could have she's she, in my G- greater manchester yeah my gp could have prescribed me any hormone yeah. treatment yeah. she did she could have done the blood test but because she couldn't she didn't have the jurisdiction to do that had to be referred to a gender psychologist well, there's pressure from the gmc isn't there to comply with yeah but, but i could have i didn't i don't necessarily want to go to a gender clinic i could have just gone to my gp and because she wanted to help me but she couldn't so yeah. the problem there is not everybody has a good GP. Not everybody is going to have that first point of contact that is positive. Why do we like have I'm... to go to these specialist units to get this? What is very yeah, exactly. simple treatment? So, so Just imagine your, if you... you know train up your GPs, bring mm. your gender care mm. into the GP primary care setting, and you know make sure your GPs are trained in the subject. I mean, it's it's quite straightforward stuff, and you can still have your specialists at your GICs and your pilot schemes, mm. whatever you want to call them. But what, when, what, when what I want to say to people... You know, a specialist in, and you know, the endocrology side of the stuff. But what I want to say generally for maybe people that are not down on this particular, you know, because we, we are in it. We know the ins and outs of yeah. going to the gender clinic and all that. But what I want to say is if you're in an area and you where your local doctor is, if your doctor tends to be cynical about trans people... You know, how how is you know it's going to be awful and well they need to be what, trained. They need to be trained. It, and, there's no know, training that can train you out of being an arsehole. Like you if, can't deny someone treatment if they're broken the leg. So why are you being, why are you able to deny well, someone treatment if they're trans? Because they'll see it yeah. as something. Like, I'm an anti broken legist. Because it's because it comes under mental health, and mental health is also underfunded. But it doesn't really come under mental health. I mean, it does. I mean, it's like when you refer... I don't have mental health issues. No, but it, but it, but but the whole the whole um, what you call medicalization. I mean, they, try and, they try and make it sound like it's a mental health issue, but it's not. Well, yeah, and but but I think it is partly mental health because we. Are, but but the thing with that is we could all do with some kind of therapy sometimes. But yeah. when, when it's it, like if you if you if you're trying to work out like how you feel about yourself and stuff like that, I think therapy is very positive. Hmm. You know, I don't want to shame mental health. I think, you know, we I think, but we all have those issues whether we're trans or not. But it just becomes more explicit if you're trans and and you're saying, look, uh, I need some help because. I'm getting extra stress, but and the stress, the stress is not related to being st- trans. Exactly, is, is probably, exactly. Yeah, is probably the thing that you need help because <clears throat> it's so difficult to progress, and there's there's so many, you know, people against us. I mean, that's that's where I get stressed. Mm-hmm. Is is where we're facing discrimination. It's not being trans. I'm not. I don't have any kind of issues related to being trans yeah. in its own right well it, that's the case with all a the lot surrounding of men- stuff that's stressful well that is true of a lot of mental health problems it's like i speak to people a lot who've you know got bipolar disorder on the schizophrenic spectrums 
And it's not necessarily because once you're in that system and somebody's labeled you as with a diagnosis, that appears on your medical records. So people start to treat you differently because of that diagnosis. And that is a problem. So um, part of the stress of being sort of neurodiverse or being on some kind of, you know, depression spectrum or bipolar, um, Kanye West, <laughs> whatever, you know, I, I just threw that in there because that's what I think Kanye West is suffering from. But it's like people start to think, oh, crazy, yeah, crazy, yeah, whatever. And you get labeled this thing. And then it stops anybody seeing anything else about you. So when that's my problem with it. So when people say see trans on your medical record or what, they'll think, oh, yes, yeah, so you're a certain kind of person who needs a certain kind of, no, no. But that's true of all mental health. Just because you have a certain diagnosis doesn't mean you should be treated differently. I think there, yeah. are, cer okay. there are certain the, factors. The thing that we, like when it comes thing to that we suffer from is incongruence, isn't it? It's the Yeah, but the, but the difference is like, I know there are certain medications that can help with depression and can help with schizophrenia, but there's no medication. Because with those, the point is to, to diminish the symptoms of that disorder it's a, it's a bit like With being saying, trans you don't it's the, the trans bit is not the disorder no but it's a bit like saying if someone's gay or lesbian that's a a disorder it's a bit like saying that you know being trans is no more a yeah exactly than being exactly gay or lesbian, yeah you know yeah but the, but but you see with the, the the trans thing it's 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 more spectromic so you're going to get people that are more on the way you want to um, yeah, say body dysmorphia, dysphoria. Yeah, there's that. There's the the incongruence, I call it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Which you don't have if you're gay or lesbian. Well, when I've been in conversations with people and they say, "Oh, yeah, you you just you know you're trans, so you just just seek therapy and you should," yeah, it's like maybe the maybe the cis gendered people should go and get some therapy. But yeah, that's true. You know, because there's a certain if you're identifying complain <laughs> you know some, if you're all some therapy around being nasty towards trans people well don't you think that like a lot of these people i like my, my theory is a lot of people are gender questioning they might not be trans but everybody is gender questioning you go through a then you might go through puberty and get through it and just be quite happy with your you body know, I, bet, and... I bet there's loads of cis guys out there who you know, look at other guys and think, oh, yeah, he's quite nice. Yeah, there's that. But what I'm saying is um, gender questioning is something we all do. But mm -hmm. it, 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 questioning isn't the thing. The question it, is it's when you feel like there's something intrinsically different uh, in the way you express gender. So that that's a difference. But I mean, I, I, I like it. I like talking about my experiences with people who are straight and cis because if they're if they're talking about it from a you know a good place, I think that's interesting conversation to have. But you know, I don't want to. I don't want to have an argument about it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But um, yeah, I, 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 I've always said though that like when people are overly forceful with their view it's because they're insecure about something so when somebody's coming at you on twitter and saying you know 
uh, there's only man and woman. Yeah, there's only two sexes. It's like, why do you have to keep saying that over and over? What is it about that that's wormed its way into your brain? Change the record. Yeah, it's like you need to, there's something you're thinking about there. And it's maybe, you might be trans. <laughs> well, there might not be, but, you know. But we are, we're all gender questioning. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I guess we do. I guess we do at a certain level, yeah. But I think that's intelligence. Like it's a kind of intelligence to be. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a that's thing. a bad thing either. I mean, it's why. Why wouldn't somebody question? You know, questioning is good, isn't it? Exactly. It's like any kind of philosophical yeah. analysis yeah. of what it is. To, what is it to be human? What is it to be a man? Yeah. What is it to be a woman? <clears throat> what is it to be gay? What is it to be straight? What is it to be up? What is it to be down? It's like. All these things, if you're thinking about them, it mean it means that you're engaging with something outside of yourself. And that to me denotes some kind of intelligence. Because yeah. that's what separates us from animals. Like uh when we look at things in an abstract way, because also like the the first abstract concept that people will seem to understand is the idea of male and female. That's an abstract concept. It's not a it's not a um, you know, set in stone thing. It's it's an idea. It's like the idea of pink for a girl and blue for a boy. You know, where does that come from? You know, well, it used to be the way around, I think. You know, it's changed yeah. over time. Exactly. So there's an interesting comment from Durham Red. I don't know who Durham Red is. Have you seen that no. one? No. I'll read it out. Very good points made in the show today about gender criticals trying to radicalize people to turn them against us and the implications for many areas of life, not least in employment. Well done. Oh, yeah, that's Lindsay, I think. Is that Lindsay? Okay. Mm. Well, you know, I, I, it, it's uh, the thing with employment is what, like, what, the world of employment and it being a pro like in a professional setting, we all perform a certain role, don't we? Do you know this idea of code switching? Like you're a different, you, you you kind of act, you don't act a certain way, but you kind of use certain language in a professional setting that you don't use in a social setting. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, when you're in a work environment, you're a different kind of animal. Yeah. But yeah. But and anyway, um, I was going to say, you know, because, you know, we had the custard tart moment. Yes, we did, didn't we? Yes. Well, Oh my God, look at the size of that beast. <laughs> you could dive in that one. Well, I said to my mom, will you get you me a have that all, Is that all for you? Where's mine? <laughs> I'm coming around. <laughs> That's amazing. Well done. And uh, I was a bit insulted you didn't like my new glasses. I th I, yeah. I prefer the white ones. Have you got the white ones handy or have you no, lost them? No, no, no. No, so I'm going to have my custard tart now. Yeah, so I was going to say, um, this week, um, we're going to do another podcast around your interview with GB News. Oh, yeah. So that'll yeah, go out midweek. I'm going to do like a reaction video. Yeah, kind we'll do of that midweek, I think. Yeah. Um, and then same time next week for Gender Nebulous. I think it'll be number 12 by this time next week. Gosh, we're doing or a lot, 13. aren't we? We are doing a lot, yes. Um, and we also need to talk about the Gender Nebulous Christmas party. We haven't decided on a location and a 
a place. Are we going to do it as a podcast? <laughs> I don't think I want to do a podcast <laughs> while I'm tucking into my Christmas nosh. Wait, so you're going to come to Manchester and do it? Well, because we, like this, one of my know, plans is probably to do some a places live podcast where you and I live that we could go and. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. But I want to record it. <laughs> we just, just do a live theme. We could do we can do a live section in between courses, couldn't we? You know. <laughs> I do do I do want to do a live podcast though. Yeah, we're doing At one some right point. Now. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz we could book the feel good club. You mean live in a in a in a location in a venue. Oh yeah, yeah, in a, in a real oh, my God. real life. You live. want me to you want me to go on a stage and do a podcast live? Yeah, we just oh, sit God. at a table. What do I have to do? We just talk like we just do what we're I'm doing now. You just have to do what you're doing now, but in front of an audience. In front of 100 people. Hmm. Wow. I could probably do 50. it. 50. But yeah, I'm just trying to think of ways but to. Actually, doing you know, it at the Feel Good Club would be a good venue because it has a little, has a nice little stage where you could put a couple of chairs, hmm. a couple of nice armchairs, a couple of microphones set up. And we could do, yeah, we could do it live there. That would be good. Do it live. Get it organized, Frida. <laughs> I, I always, organized. Do you remember that? Uh, what was he called? That that news anchor in America who had that famous meltdown. I don't know. Oh, Bill, Bill, so what's he called now? And he was like, oh god, Bill Maher. Not Bill Maher. No, uh, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, yeah, many, many, many. Fuck it, we'll do it live. <laughs> you compare me to him? No, oh, that was me. I'm offended now. <laughs> but um. Have we done all the topics? We've done all the topics. We've gone at 46 minutes over our allotted time. We've been chatting away for an hour and 46, would you believe? This is the longest one, yeah? It's the longest one ever. And our, you poor know listeners, what? our poor this listeners will um, be pulling their hair out. They'll that's be how much wine have I've while we've been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have been with us throughout, thank you so much for being we so patient. Cheeks. And you are really top-notch listeners for putting up with us for such a long time, listening to our shit. Thank you. Don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe, like, please come back and listen yeah. again. And we'll we'll try and change the topics at some point. Please, so, please, so we don't keep talking us. about the wizard lady and the World Cup. And, you know, it, but, and by the way, if somebody wants to come on and have a chat with us whilst we're doing this, we're absolutely open to that idea. Yeah, we're going to have to get some guests. Yeah, we'll get some guests on. If you want to come on, just let us know. And you can I've got on my and, eye on uh, Gra Gra Graham Linehan. Hallam no, he's choice. not invited. Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think we should have Joss Pryor. Josh, yes. Josh. She's great. And and uh, I think we should have, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a bit weird having guests because I think, like, do, are we interviewing them? or are they No, they're, the... they're coming on to join in the... Right, okay, that's what I wanted, yeah. Yeah, because... And if they bring custard tarts, well, they're more than welcome. Right. Well, I'm going to tuck into my. Yeah, well, you, you enjoy your custard tart. I'm going to go and make my tea because I'm not having anything. Okay, Victoria. Lovely talking to you again. And um, Well, I hope we've managed to be entertaining and informative. Yes. And I'm sorry about the technical hiccup at the beginning where my microphone was not quite as it should have been. But I was kind of focused on doing all the other technical stuff. Some it's a bit like trying to land a plane. I've got three screens going on here. No idea what I'm doing. But anyway. <laughs> okay. I shall end the YouTube and we will say our goodbyes on the podcast momentarily. So ending the broadcast now. Bye, Bye YouTube.
Are we still on? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's stopped. It's finished. Oh my god, I'm drunk. We're just we're just on the podcast now. <laughs> Could you tell? <laughs> I'm not sure if people would be listening to the podcast and also watching. Probably probably don't do the two. But, <laughs> no. but I'll try and get this out tomorrow sometime or tonight if I can stay awake. Um, I didn't drink I did drink too much. Did you drink too much, Frida? I, I've had a, I've had three quarters of a bottle of Malbec. <laughs> Our poor listeners. Our poor listeners. Think of the listeners. Well, I think we covered some interesting stuff. We did. Um, uh, we did. It's amazing how much stuff comes up every week. We didn't, you know, we're yeah, never we sure. We didn't get as many week. viewers as I'd liked on YouTube, but never mind. No, but we always, if you if you watch the numbers over the week, we I mean we've had we had fifteen live views. Um, got some good comments, but if you, over the week it will, the numbers of viewers will increase dramatically. That's what happened with the others. I mean, your your the one you did um, is over a hundred now. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep promoting it, and yeah. um... <clears throat> and we'll do that. We'll do that other one this week. So, thank you, dear listeners. Please subscribe, please like, and whatever else you do on Podcast World. Um. And we'll be back next week to boil you, you senseless again. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye for now.